When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good tomorrow, everybody. This is the darker side of midnight. I am Matt Blaze, producer and board up of the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Joining me, he is the executive producer of the other side of midnight, overnight news anchor and news hour contributor, Alex Barnard is here. I'm back, baby. Yeah, you are back from your vacation in Belize. Yeah. Your... That was a quick trip, dude. Yeah, I'm telling how you. How was it? How was the beaches over there? Well, I, I didn't really get to go because, I mean, you know, the flight is so long. And right. I had to be back by by tonight for right. the show. So I uh, it was pretty much like I get a... on the plane, I fly to Belize, Yeah. I land in Belize. I'm like, oh, I'm here. And then I got back on the plane and went back. Just to say you were in Belize. Exactly, yeah. You put your toe in or yeah. you looked out the window of the plane. Yeah. Waved. And it's like the time I went to, I, the time I quote unquote went to Canada. Same thing? <laughs> yeah. Just like a layover? Well, yeah, it was like, yeah, it, we were, I think we had to stop for to refuel in like Newfoundland or something. <laughs> One of those, you're like, yeah. yeah, we're here. <laughs> yeah, I was what like, I'm you, in Canada. Can, can I just run to the gift shop real quick, get a t-shirt? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I did that with Atlanta once. Uh, oh, I, I had, too. like, a layover in Atlanta for, like, an hour. Never left the airport. Right. <laughs> you know, you're just sitting around waiting for your flight. Me too. Same thing with Texas. So you're here today. Kenny is not here today. Right. Because Ken went to the Yankee game yesterday. Opening day. It was an afternoon game, a 1 p.m. game. But he took off. Last night, only because he would have been dead. Yeah, he would, <laughs> I mean, he would, he would have been in no shape. He literally would have been dead after working last night, or the night before, I should say, Thursday, Thursday morning. And then the game game was at 1, so he got a few hours of sleep, went to the game. Right. And then if you would have had to come in here last it, night, like fuck. you do at 9 o'clock, you would have been, you would have been fucking dead. He uh, all, the, all those forty dollar beers were, you know, yeah, filled them up, dude. Yeah, I mean Curtis does that kind of thing, but he's not drinking all day. Well, yeah, exactly. Curtis <laughs> sleeps two hours here, three hours there, right? In the studio for a few hours. He, he Curtis a, does it all the time. He gets a cup of coffee. Yeah, a cup of coffee. And I, I do. I see him outside at the, like the, the one of the, those trucks, those little oh yeah stands. Oh yeah, yeah all the time. So anyway, I didn't announce. This is the darker side of midnight where we talk about what Frank Morano talked about on the other side of midnight. It is March 31st at 5.19 in the morning. We just finished the other side of midnight, and now we are here. So you want to listen to this, and you also want to listen to the other side of midnight podcast so you know exactly what we're talking about as we talk about some of the things Frank talked about last night. And, of course, it is Friday, 
And we do ask Frank anything. The questions were not all that bad. They're a little better this week. This week, as yeah. opposed to last week. A couple of good ones, and we'll talk about the winning question. But I like the first question, and you should like this one because I, I know you. A barber from Bergen <laughs> County, karaoke, Frank's go-to karaoke song. 100%, bro. So he said it was three possible songs. The one was Hey, Jealous. Lover? Lover. I think, yeah. yeah is that who it right. is? Well, who, who's that by? I don't fucking know that I song. I don't know. I never never, never heard of that song in my I, life. I, I could check if, if we actually have I mean, it. I swear, to, this is why. But probably not. Frank's me- taste in music is so garbage that I, can, that I like. I literally know none of the songs that he likes. Yeah, no, we don't have that. It's hard. <laughs> that song, it is. It really is the worst. It, it's amazing to me um, knowing around Frank's age that, A, that he knows the music that he does. Right. And that he doesn't know the music that he doesn't know. Yeah, I'm I'm always baffled. Because there are stu- there's stuff that I don't know because I didn't listen to Sinatra. Yeah, I need me. Neither. I mean, I have it because I was a DJ. I have a, a huge collection of Sinatra songs, but I didn't listen to them all at all. Right. I, of I listened to the popular ones. At first I had the Sinatra Greatest Hits, which has the ones that everybody knows. Yeah. And then I got like, an uh, it was a double CD or whatever it was that had a bunch of other stuff on it that you don't know that isn't as popular. So I, I had that. But Frank knows these Sinatra songs. And I'm like, how in the hell does this guy know this stuff? I just don't get it. So he said, um, yeah, Hey Jealous Lover was the one. Then the other one was the one that I played since he mentioned it um, that we've played many times, and he was a guest on the show, and that was the Joe Dolce Shut Up Your Face. Shut Up You Face. Was, the, was the, uh, the song that he named, which, yeah, you know why he can sing that? Because he's not really singing. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Well, she ain't so bad. The bang, he right. did the boo boo boo. When you listen to the song, the guy he's talking through the song. He doesn't actually sing the song. Yeah. So that's not it's like life. She ain't so bad. Right. Bang, but the doo. Right. But it's, but it's not. It, they're novelty songs. It's just he likes right. he likes novelty songs. And there's nothing. Listen, I remember that song when it came up when I was a kid, like when it came out. Right. Um, and it was it's not a, that it was it's, a funny song. It was, it's like you said, it's a novelty song. I remember they used to play it on uh, like Z100. What? Really? Yeah. It Jeez. was, it was that the, popular. This is the Z100 that we're talking about that when I was a kid was playing like Nicki Minaj and yeah, like LMFAO. Really? Z100 has always played top 40. So, but this was in the top 40? But it was a not, yeah, because it, it was a novelty song. Wow. And they used to play it. In fact, I think. This is singing. Yeah, this they, is. They sing, they hate. But it's not hard to sing. No. It's it's not Andrea Bocelli. <laughs> right, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's a not so bad. Hey, the way you're looking so sad. I could do bop, that. Beep, beep, bop, bop. <laughs> right, which is why Frank could do it. <laughs> yeah. It's not that tough. No. 
So my go-to karaoke song, because I actually have to, I actually hosted karaoke a few times mm. when I was DJ, and this is when I would literally have to bring a like a thirteen-inch TV, a laser disc player, all that kind of stuff, uh. and if no one was singing, then you as the host, in order to get people involved and want to sing how to sing a song so i can't sing i mean i'm no singer so the song that i always picked which is kind of the same thing it's not a song that's really tough to sing and you could sort of fake it which is what i did i was faking it was this Oh, yeah. This is what I would sing in karaoke. Oh, what a thrill. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Oh, yeah. I could do that. Yeah, of course. So I, that was my go-to karaoke song when I needed people to get up. Absolutely. I, it's a great song. And I, I would do it once, and then an hour later I might do it again. Yeah. I, that, that was it because I'm no singer. Absolutely, man. It's a, it's a good song to do, though. It's fun. And then the other song you said was King of Old Broadway from the, the producer. <laughs> like, dude, dude, these songs are just... I don't know. Pick something from the 90s, maybe? Well, Even you know like he would early... never do that. Oh, yeah, because he claims that the 90s is the worst decade for music. Right. But he keeps going, you know, this song's pretty good, even though the 90s was the worst decade for music. You know, this song is pretty good, even though the 90s was the worst decade for music. You know, right. this song... For the 90s, it's really good. Like, he says that all the time. It's like, dude, just admit that you like 90s music. Right. Uh, why didn't it, you... it stopped the, the bullshit. Right. It's to say that that it, it, 90s was the worst decade when we know, and you know, the 90s was the last great decade. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Especially for rock. And, dude, metal? Fuck, yeah. 90s metal is so amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, back Pantera. Then, Back then, the last great wave to say was, I guess you want to say was grunge. grunge. Yeah. Metal kind of ended, and Nirvana came out. Right. I, I, I love, there's an interview with Nikki Six, and it's about grunge, how grunge took over. Right. And they, they, that's the whole documentary or whatever, they, whatever it was. And they start interviewing people, and they go, why did grunge take over and metal died? And the best answer that I even heard was that kids were sick and tired of, of like, groups like Motley Crue and, uh, like, Dokken and, and yeah. those kinds of bands, Bon Jovi, that were all, and Van Halen to an extent. To, yeah, to they some were extent. all about, like, partying and, like, girls and all that stuff. But that was their life. That wasn't. Yeah, the, a life of the average teenager. Right, of course. And yeah. then, right, so they, they went, had gotten so excessive. Right, and then when grunge came out, they were talking about depression and like stuff that people were actually going through. Relatable shit. Right. Yeah, and, and that was the best reason that I heard for why grunge overtook metal, which happened with Nirvana. You know, I have such a problem with the with the phrase that like metal, like grunge killed metal. It didn't. Well, it didn't be kill metal I because mean, metal was it, it still killed. Around. It killed glam metal. 
it cl- it killed hair metal because think of, because you got to remember the '90s. Metallica had their biggest selling album well, in 1991. But that was right before. That was the last it, it, sort of. But Pantera also had multiple uh, multi platinum albums. Right, but like, I, but here's the thing. Like you know, you know, Far Beyond Driven and right, uh, but 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 what's Pan- the other one? Pantera was not as commercially. Vulgar. I wasn't. At, Pantera was not co- as commercially big as Metallica was with the Black Album. They got real close to. They got no, 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 Alex. I'm telling you, they didn't. They were not that close. The average person knew Metallica, the Black Album, and their Sandman. They knew Guns N' Roses, User Illusion 1 and 2. Everybody knew that. Okay. People that were really into metal knew Pantera. But other people, like even like, I guess it was 91, like Queensryche had- um, Yeah, Empire. Op- yeah, Empire. Yeah. Op was Operation Mindcrime. That's 89, I think, was yeah, Operation Mindcrime. And Empire, that was big. But still, when when Nirvana came out, and I, I, I mean, I remember seeing the video for the first time, right? Of of Teen Spirit. Yeah, yeah. and it was, it was sort of one of those oh. mind blowing experiences. Yeah, because you heard this guitar, and then it just goes into, and it was just like banging your head up and down, hard, still. And then this part. Yeah. And now the big thing at the time was listen to Kurt Cobain. You don't know what the fuck he's saying. Yeah. Listen. What the fuck? I remember after the video came out for a couple weeks and it was huge. Yeah. And this did change everything. This is the moment when it changed. At one point, MTV was scrolling the lyrics oh, as the really? video was playing. That's funny. Because everybody's like, what the fuck is this guy saying? Except, you know, this part is where, we, you know. Even though you didn't know. Yeah. This part. And that's the line, I think, that people related to was, here we are now, entertain us. Yeah. And that was fair. like, they're part of us. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. So this comes out in, I guess it was like the fall of 91, from what I remember, at least when it got popular. And there was this. There was Nine Inch Nails, Head Like a Hole. Oh, yeah. And then in early 92, uh, Pearl Jam. Right. Which, by the way, coming back to karaoke, so... I have never really done karaoke, right? But the song that I, I, I what I usually do with my friends is when we get drunk, we'll just fucking play a song and sing along, right? Uh, and the so what last was your karaoke song. The last time we did that, uh, one of the ones that we did was Jeremy, um, by Pearl Jam, which is 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 fucking super depressing. But oh, we have this. Oh, love this song, dude. Yeah. What's the radio? It's, it's so funny. Cursing. It's so fun. The lyrics are so fun. The way he sings the lyrics is so funny. Yeah, if you watch the video, he's like, I know it's looks fucking like depressed. Depressing. Eddie Vedder's like a looks crazy. 
Rat home, yeah. drone pictures. <laughs> I, know, I used to always think I could sing like this. Like, I'm like, I can Where's do that. him on top? <laughs> Let her say the Lord. Arms raised in a V. Yeah, that's it was like, I can do this. Bosom room below. Daddy didn't give affection. Right. No. So this is all relatable and depressing. Oh, yeah. But that's. Oh, this is the fuck most fucked up song of the grunge era for oh, sure. It is. One of and the it, most fucked up. And it up, was anyway. depressing, but. We also did um, well, sex type thing. Oh, that's Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. I need nobody into your apathy. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> right. So, I mean, Pearl Jam, that record also became a monster. I would oh, say. Oh, yeah. 10 was huge. Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, or Nevermind was the album. And Pearl Jam 10 were the two, like, huge records that then ushered in grunge. Now, did Dirt ever get that big? No. Man. The big bands that well, I... Well, that album, the Alice in Chains album. Oh, oh no, yeah, yeah, you did. Alice in Chains. The, yeah, the yeah. Dirt, yeah, that... Well, Alice in Chains, the funny thing about Alice in Chains were they were, they were like, metal. I mean, they were like... Yeah, no, I... They were metal in the beginning. Yeah. Their first... They're still, they're, they're still a metal band. Like, they were tangentially grunge. Right. I mean, people think of them Rooster. more as, as grunge than, uh, like, a, a metal band. Right. Because what I remember from Alice in Chains, um, when it, the first song that I remember is this. This is not grunge. No, this, this is, is fucking heavy. This is heavy. And this whole album is heavy as shit. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, so we, we have this. And I, I don't know if, if I asked for it. We, I might have gotten it, but we don't have any of the other other Alice in Chains stuff. Yeah, we got to get Rooster. But there's we a lot that we can get from Alice in Chains, actually. The a, man, we got to get Wood. I mean, this one was great. In the box. <laughs> yeah, this is heavy. Buried Those are the same. My pit. Yeah. yeah it's like, My shit. <laughs> it's shit. That's the radio version. But um, gotta get uh. But I remember. So here's a funny part about this this documentary. We, they were interviewing all these people, and they're saying what happened to metal, right? Yeah. And Nikki Six is trying to give an answer. Nikki Six, who was the bass player in Motley Crue, of, right? The guy who died, and they brought him back to life. The old Kicks on and all my that. Right, exactly. And Nikki Six is going well. You know, at the time, and he's trying to give like a real, like cogent answer, and the yeah. he goes. I don't know what the fuck happened. He just, <laughs> he just he seems like, well, at the time, you know, the musical stylings were changing and and thing people were trying to do different things and you know what was happening and really, um, you know, um, I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> like that. That's and funny. Then they interviewed Janie Lane, who was the lead singer of Warrant. Oh. Hmm. And they were asking. He they were, he was telling a story that he went up to their record label when their big album came out which had um cherry pie right i don't forget the name of the with the name of the album yeah I, but I, I wouldn't be able to tell you it was a it was a big record too um but cherry pie with the model bobby brown the blonde right and they got married and cherry pie was on that record and i saw red was their kind of ballad uh, and uh, uncle tom's cabin was another big song on that 
album. Man. Yeah. And um, he's telling the story that when the album, that album was coming out, he went to their record label and behind the head of the record label, like the CEO, president, whatever, is a big giant uh, cover, like a big picture. The whole wall of his, in the guy's office was their album cover. Oh, wow. So he went up to have this meeting as the record's coming out. And it's this huge picture of the album cover. And he goes and have this meeting. Well, then, fast forward. That's in, like, 1989 or 88, right. whatever it was. Fast forward to, like, 92. And their next record's coming out. And he goes up to the office like he did the last time. And behind the same guy is an Al- is the Alice in Chains Oh, yeah, the dirt, cover. dirt cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now he was like, that's when I knew. Shit was... It was well, over. <laughs> you know, and it was funny that you mentioned Van Halen in the same breath as that because they were smart when grunge was starting because they gave Alice in Chains, like, their first huge tour. Yeah, I think Van Halen... On the, um, for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge yeah, tour. I, um, I think Van Halen, honestly, was... They were just too big, though they... they well, yeah. They stalled out. After that, because that record, uh, fuck, yeah, <laughs> for unlawful carnal knowledge. Pound was, cake is a great song. Pound cake, um, right Run here, right here. I don't, right. I don't think oh, that's right on. Now, the, right I don't, now. I don't think that's on that one. Is it? Yeah, yeah it it's is. On, it's oh. on that. Um, right now, with the piano and all that. Yeah, and pound cake, which was a cool song. Fucking Eddie, awesome song. Eddie, the drill, because Eddie took literally took a drill to the strings of the guitar, wow. and that's wow. the beginning of the song. Um. And that was their kind of last big record, to be honest. Yeah. After that, the rest of the Van Halen albums. Listen, Sammy Hagar was. Well, there was only two left after record. that. Right. Oh no, three. Excuse they me. They had Balance. I forgot. The, yeah. I, 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 the the, Van, the one that's remember. Van Halen three that had Gary Sharon from Extreme uh, on it is yeah. so bad that I forgot right. it exists. Yeah. Yeah. One record, Gary but Sharon. There is one good song on that album. Uh, I think it's. Uh, Without you, I think it's called Without You. I don't even like. I didn't even have that album. I, the last one that I had from Van Halen was for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, right? And um, but they were pretty big to where they were able to weather through. And now by the time, so like everything, you know, everything old is new again. Every twenty years, everything gets like recycled. Yeah, and it comes back. So by the end of the nineties. It was like the 70s started getting popular again, which is why Kiss, like we talk about all the time, in 96, they put the makeup back on and they were touring stadiums. In 1992, Kiss was not touring stadiums. They might have been doing large arenas, but they weren't playing at the Garden, I don't think. Maybe no. maybe they were because it's New York, but like... They had that awful grunge album that they did. They were doing, you know, it was theaters at that point. Yeah. And they knew the only way they were going to be sellouts, because, like I said, what's old is new again. Let's put the makeup on, let's get the original lineup, and let's start playing the songs that we played in the 70s, which is what they did. Yeah, and it was smart of them. And they made it They made it through, and then then Van Halen, they were able to kind of, like, limp, now, it, limp through the the, nine, the 2000s was a bad time for, for them. Because Eddie, Eddie was fucking well, drunk yeah, all the time. Well, because Eddie was fucked up. But I'm saying, in terms of music, like, their old music never, people would, if Van Halen could was at a point where they wouldn't even have to put out a record, they could just tour if they wanted to. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And also who benefited 
was Bon Jovi. The 90s for Bon Jovi were shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the first record, well, the, the record that got big, Slippery One Wet, which I believe was the second or third record, because it was 7,800 Fahrenheit before that, I think it was called, or 9,800, something like that. Then Slippery One Wet, then New Jersey, and then I don't remember after New Jersey. Figures like, that album wouldn't sell very much because it's called New Jersey. No, no one wants no one wants to buy something Dude, related to Jersey. Oh, it was no, you, you know. <laughs> I'm well, kidding. It was in 1989. No, I know. I'm just I'm just. It was teasing. in the height of Bon Jovi. I'm teasing. But then after that, I don't remember. But then comes 2000, and they put out new music. Yeah, but weren't they doing country shit by then? No, I, or is I, that well, just they, John Bon Jovi himself? I think they might have done like one or yeah, they did that country song with what's her face, Jennifer Nettles. I want I want to go home. I wouldn't know it if I, you know. Yeah, you would know that song. I we probably don't. I, I doubt we have that. I want to go home. Uh, no. Yeah, we do. Really? It's called Who Says You Can't Go Home. Oh. So this song, you might know this one. This is pretty big. You don't know this song? No. I I was never. I I never really got into Bon Jovi. Yeah. So this was the. It's, it's Bon Jovi with Jennifer Nettles. Is Richie Sambora on this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But here's the funny part. I love this story about Bon Jovi. So Bon Jovi grew up in Sayreville, New Jersey, right? Yeah, right. Which is literally like 40 minutes from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, there's like some concert he was at. And he's like, you know, when you grow up in New Jersey, there's only two things you can do. You can work for your daddy or you can become a rock and roll star. And everyone, I'm like, dude. You literally live 40 minutes from New York City. Yeah, what schmuck. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. It's you're not You're crazy. not Bruce Springsteen. You're not in Idaho. You're not yeah. in Kansas. You're not in, in South Dakota. Like, you literally live 40 minutes from what is considered the capital of the world. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you're an idiot, dude. So stupid. I, when I heard that, I was like, what? Come on, man. I mean, I love... Bon Jovi, and this was the song that put him on the map. Was this one? This is bon Jovi. This is "Runaway" by Bon Jovi. So, this song was entered. Wow, I the, really did not know this was Bon so, Jovi. Back in the day, there was a radio station called WAPP. Okay, and they had a contest. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> they had a contest, a songwriting contest, and. John Bon Jovi worked at a recording studio, sweeping the floors, and recorded this song. Wow. And it was playing. This doesn't sound like Bon Jovi to me in a way. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And what people, a lot of people don't realize about Bon Jovi is his name is the only one on the contract. Everybody else in that band are hired. Right. Well, I mean, that makes which sense. Which is why... Richie left and Alec Van Sucked left. I think Richie Sambor is back now. They were talking about it. I, I haven't heard anything. I know they were saying he was going to come back. I don't know if he did or whatever, but that is the reason. Um, hmm. It was always John's name on the contract, and he put the band together. Right. And then, of course, you know, he wrote the songs with Richie, and he was friends with David Bryan, the keyboard player. They were friends, and Tico Torres, the drummer. 
they were all they knew each other. So that's how the band kind of came together in hmm. the first place. I had and no then, idea. So I I didn't really know at the time that was like a one off that song. It wasn't like on a record or yeah, because I mean, it does it doesn't sound like what I think of when I think of Bon Jovi. I literally thought that was like some like that was like fucking Manfred Mann's Earth Band or something. <laughs> you know, like I mean that's like nineteen like eighty two. Yeah, and then the song that really oh well, come on, we know it. What what put him on? What it? Whoa whoa whoa! No, before uh, that oh, shot was th- this. shot through the heart. Yeah. Shot through this was their first big hit, like, as Bon Jovi. I mean, when I hear this to this day, what I think of, it's like that memory. I kind of feel like, remember in Titanic? Oh, you never saw Titanic. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, remember Titanic? Remember Titanic? Yeah. Well, there's a part in yeah. Titanic when the old sure. lady is thinking back, and she's had the memory of, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, his eyes, when he was drawing her. And oh, in yeah. my head... When I hear this, I think it, I'm <laughs> you back think of to, Leonardo DiCaprio no, drawing you. No, yeah, <laughs> I'm naked and he's drawing me. I, I immediately, I am back at the Nanuet Mall in Nanuet, New York, walking into Aladdin's castle, the arcade, and this song is playing, and it would have been 1986. Wow, that's what I think of. And this was a, I mean, this was a monster. This is this put Bon Jovi on the map. And then was the one that you were talking about, which is... Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, which is this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> now, I have a funny... I, I have a funny karaoke memory of this song. You were doing this part? No. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. They do do a cool thing, though, when they do it live. Oh, well, but it's not a talk box when they do it live? It is. Oh, it but, is a talk box. But he does a whole thing before the song, like he's like into the talk box. Oh, like a solo? Into the, oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, I think it's. I think we actually have it in here. I, well, I was thinking about, so, at the WABC Christmas party. You were going to do that? Well, no, because they did do it oh. at the WABC Christmas party. I remember, because I remember... When I, I went to the Christmas party, like at the very beginning, yeah. for a little while, and I kind of, you know, had a had a drink, kind of right. mill, milled around, right. And then I had plans to go to my grandmother's to do Christmas, that's right, right, because I because I was doing Christmas with with my girlfriend. Oh, that's right. They were doing karaoke, right? But so yeah, when I came back, that's when the fucking rails had gone off the train, <laughs> and like, and people were like, you know, they had had a couple more drinks, and right. I come back in, and I just hear. Lydia Serrani singing singing this song like way off. It's like we'll give it a shot, and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> like, so this this is the live version. So listen to the voice box part. It's really yeah. cool. And I don't know where this is recording, but they did like a whole little. Intro Do you know when this was? Oh, that's sick. See, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Right? Because people don't know that that on the record. They don't know what that is. That That's what to call the voice box. It's a thing on yeah. the microphone. And Richie Sambora... Is going ooh wow wow. Well, it's like a, it's a it's a device wow, you breathe into. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it's sort of like you like um, it looks like a like a clarinet. 
like no, a, no, like a it, reed, it looks it? It, no, it looks more like um, it's it's like a plastic tube. Right. It looks it looks just like a big plastic like tube in a way that goes down to a pedal. But you put I think. your mouth on it like you'd play a clarinet, don't you? Like in that kind of way, and then kind you sort of, of like breathe into it. Like make, yeah, you kind of breathe into it and shape your mouth like the way you'd play like a gazoo or something like that. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've, I mean, I've seen Bon Jovi twice, both when Richie Sambora was still in the band and maybe again i mean it'd be stupid for him to not for them not to, oh my god yeah because now the ticket no one, sales will go through the roof uh, fuck yeah they it, it would be like uh the crew reunion kind of right. uh, yeah well almost almost a little bigger they little need it they need their they need their own version of the dirt for it <laughs> right. to for for them to really fucking take off again yeah but they i mean they're big enough look it'll be john bon jovi with richie tico and david bryant and Whoever else is now in the band, because there's other people there sure. that are also in the band. In fact, one of them got was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with them. I forget who it was. Oh, really? I forget the guy's name. Yeah. who I think the guy who took over for Richie Sambora. No, he, he did get inducted as well, though. Um, so we got off of that because we were talking about karaoke. Uh, the other questions, uh, David from the Bronx asked about radio groupies and any weird gifts Frank ever oh, yeah, got. that's fun. And I was trying to think. What has come here? Mostly the things that come here for Frank that I see are books. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's just books. And anything else that he gets when he's opened the mail, when he's gotten like money or gift card or something like that, I haven't really seen anything crazy. Um, Neil from Staten Island actually had a really interesting question. He was said about like if you were at the Met game and then William Shatner came in or was at the Met game too. Oh yeah, and Shatner funny. invited Frank over, and then ordered a whole bunch of food, and there was twenty people there, and said, "Hey, Frank!" And then Shatner goes, "Hey, Frank will pick up the tab." <laughs> and Frank goes, "Well, if it's a thousand dollars, I can't swing that, but if it's a couple hundred, but hundred bucks, I'd pay for it." Of course you would. Come on, man! If there's twenty people, it's not even going to be a thousand dollars. It's going to be a fucking ten thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. If they're and, shot in, or and, in a box or a suite at, the, at a Met game. And let's be honest, we know Frank would pay for it either way. Right. Because he, he'd be like, oh, yeah. Anything for you, Bill. He'd be like, here's my American Express card. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Here, here's Carmine's college fund. <laughs> I love you. Oh, oh, yes, Bill. I love you. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I guess, Bill. Absolutely, Bill. Thank you, yeah, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Bill. Thank uh, you, Bill. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Ouch. Yes, sir. Bill, you. you <laughs> I, Ow. <laughs> what is I that? can't. I can't. Uh, uh, what is that? I can't go down that far. No, stop. <laughs> what? That's awful. That's yeah. not. Fun. <laughs> that's, that's fucked up. <laughs> and then the um, the winning question, Carol from Brooklyn. And by the way, it was like the third question of the night. Well, Carol from Brooklyn. The question was, if you can bring back any founding father to change the world as we know it today, who would it be? And Frank kind of went through everyone. Well, this Ben Franklin, and what about uh, John Adams? And, right. Uh, and he settled on George Washington. Of course he did. Which makes sense. Yeah. And I, I and I thought that was a good question. Anytime when Frank says, ooh, that's a good question. That's the ones Majority that we know. Majority of the time, they are actually good questions. I will yeah. give Frank that. Sometimes they're, they aren't good. Right. Because it's only something like for Frank. <laughs> but yeah, like, or like politics related or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and we always hate those politics uh, questions. That's never going to be yeah. even come close to the best question. All right, I think we've talked enough. We're yeah, not going to go on forever and ever and ever. 
So if you listen to this, you want to let's do the other side of midnight for the same day as we did talk a little bit about what Frank talked about. We talked a about a tiny bit. We t- listen. We talked about ask Frank anything, and then we talked about music, which is yeah. what we usually end up talking about. Exactly, me and you. And people seem to like it because they can relate. They know what we're talking about. But anyway, listen to the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Listen to the darker side of midnight. The same day of March 31st, and subscribe to both podcasts so you will get them as soon as they are uploaded. And we will end this as we do every day. Your influence counts. Have your pets spayed or neutered.